0: Come, <laughs> listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We get to learn about classical Lutheran education today with some really great stories. I'm Mm -hmm. excited about that. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us this morning, the Reverend Stephen Kieser. He's headmaster at Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas. Pastor Kieser, welcome back to The Coffee Hour. Thank you, Andy. It's good to be here. Every time we chat, we get to talk about uh, the great... Gifts in classical Lutheran education, and we have more stories to share as examples of what is classical Lutheran education and what's happening at Faith Lutheran School in Plano as well. Let's start with the, the the story of Faith Lutheran School in Plano. How did how did Faith Lutheran School begin? How did it become a classical Lutheran school?
1: Well, Faith Plano started on the road of classical education back around sometime around two thousand. And that's, I had come to Faith Plano in 1998, and the senior pastor at that time, Pastor Robert Hill, had an interest in classical education, and I had an interest in classical education, and I actually came in 98 to Faith Plano with the hopes of pursuing classical Lutheran education. So it was, as a matter of fact, in coming here Pastor Hill gave to me Beeth and Kern book on classical education, and so that was his gift to me on accepting the position here as principal and also attended the first what became the Consortium for classical Lutheran education in ninety nine in Colorado Springs, so we were ready to ready to roll things out in in two thousand and and we had a faculty that didn't know a lot about it, we had a school principal that had an interest but didn't know a lot either. So we we learned together and we made changes together. And, and this kind of the very, very small <laughs> beginnings here at Faith Played on Nothing. No big spectacular story here. One thing I can say is that we did already have, I think, a very good catechetical program at Faith Plano, there were some things that we were more intentional about. In general, we were already a school that took seriously the Word of God, took seriously worship and, and those kinds of things. And so it made for a very nice transition. And then we just started through the curriculum, taking one or two subjects at a time and looking at them through a different lens, making changes that fit that new profile of a classical Lutheran education.
0: So, what are the marks of classical Lutheran education? I think people are probably somewhat familiar with what non-classical education looks like in a school setting, but what is it that sets classical education apart? What are those those hallmarks that you are moving into?
1: Right. I think a very simple way to put it, and others have said this, so I haven't coined the term, but it's his Lutheran catechesis with the liberal arts. And the liberal arts are those arts that have been handed down through generations that are not necessarily in and of themselves Lutheran. But we do see that during the Reformation, Luther, Melanchthon, Bugenhagen, those that were interested in Lutheran education during the Reformation, they found a way to incorporate the best of the liberal arts and also teaching the Christian faith. They they saw a great partnership in, in catechizing and using especially the first three arts, the grammatical arts, the trivia, logic, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and using those in catechesis. So, i think you'll see for instance in in the small catechism for instance a mirror or an application or a practicing of the of these liberal arts for instance you see in the catechism the first thing overarching is that you know that there is a text or there's something important to know what is it that's important to know? we call them the six chief parts that's important to know for a christian we use we use the text itself, you know, we, we go back and we look at what, the, what do the scriptures say the Ten Commandments are. What are the things that are given in the creed? What are the things given in the Lord's Prayer? So we use those original source texts. And then we learn them in a way that we, we memorize. Them. Memorizing comes first. Understanding takes a lifetime. Again, that's another borrowed phrase. But it's true. And understanding them what does this mean it's the very beginning of understanding them and then being able to speak to those things on our what do we what do we know about these things how do these things apply to our lives that's you know a loose understanding a form or you know, the activity of rhetoric speaking about these things so anyway luther used these things for catechesis and what we're simply doing is we're also using the liberal arts and other things that can be known in applying the things in the language arts deal with reading or literature. What do we read? What are good things to read? And history, also, but also into the math and sciences. When you consider that math and science at one time was really more of a natural philosophy, a study of philosophy, maybe. An old way of looking at math and science doesn't look a lot like our current textbooks. At the same time, they include mathematical thought, scientific thought. And the liberal arts also include music and astronomy. So you have numbers. you have geometry, astronomy, and and music. And so these things also are were studied and still can be studied and are studied in our school today. For instance, we teach astronomy in our school and understanding of, of astronomy. We, we also have all of our students partaking in, in some music, whether it be music theory or playing an instrument or singing in the choir, and also studying mathematics and the sciences. So Sometimes when I have a new family visiting, they hear liberal arts and they think, oh, that's only Latin or that's only Greek or that's only language. And that's not true. The the way the liberal arts were understood really embraced everything that we have in in a modern curricula that we still use today in our school. So. Those things really drive and inform curriculum choices. They also drive and inform pedagogy, the way we instruct, how we instruct. There are more things, I guess, that can be said, because I think our theology also informs who we instruct, you know, who is a child, Centered by grace. The Lutherans have long understood classical education or education in general in terms of the baptized. And who are the baptized? Well, these are the redeemed of God who bear the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These are they who have been buried with Christ, been raised with him. These are the ones who now walk in newness of life, Tomorrow from St. Paul. And how is it that they live in this newness of life? Well, love and service to God and their neighbor. How do we serve our neighbor? Well, we learn the things in school, not only the scriptures and, and theology, but we also learn these other arts applied apply to reading, literature, math, science, so forth, so that we serve God and serve our neighbor in those baptismal vocations. Classical Lutheran education is for the baptized or those who will be baptized, because we have those who come to our school not baptized, and we hope and pray that they will be baptized someday. So that is a classical Lutheran education for the baptized and those who will be baptized that they might love and serve God and their neighbor.
0: And I think classical Lutheran education, classical education in general, has been growing. I think I've seen it in probably the last 10 years or so continuing to grow. I want to talk more about that in a moment, but I want to come back to one of the points you made when you're talking about the the marks of classical Lutheran education or hallmarks. And you mentioned memorization comes first, then understanding and i think memorization or memory work is something that has been devalued in our mm. american culture today in mm. north american education i think that's something that has been devalued for a number of reasons and, and i guess there's a myriad of reasons why but l- let's go back to that memorization what would you say to someone who's who's learning about classical lutheran education and doesn't understand why there's such a strong emphasis on memorization, who sees that as maybe even useless? They mm-hmm. don't recognize the value of memorization. How how do you paint the picture for them to understand that?
1: It's a great question. Memorization. Well, let me use an example. This happened some time ago. I remember a missionary who'd come back from Russia yeah. after a period of several generations of communism, and the LCMS missionary said, you know, we expected that no one knew the word of God, that no one knew the hymns, that no one knew the things that belonged to the Christian faith. And his tale that he told to me was that he was surprised to learn actually a good number did. The reason they had it, even though their books had been taken away, their hymnals had been burned, the Bibles had been burned and banned, they had it in their minds they had it in their hearts they had it on their lips and they could pass it on to the next generation even if those things were were taken away but then someone might say well hold a second we live in the age where there's all kinds of books that would never happen here in america well i'm not going to argue well it's going to happen in america or something like that i'll leave that to someone else but I think there's other value as well. And this came up in a discussion recently. I teach Greek New Testament to high schoolers. And we sort of had a complaint. Pastor Kieser, do we have to learn all of these principal parts of Greek <laughs> Greek words? And Do we have to memorize them? And I said, yes, you do have to memorize some of them. You know, we're going to memorize a few. Well, why? Why is that important? Can't we just look them up? They said, well, we haven't. Quite gotten to the full enjoyment of reading through the New Testament or sections yet. But imagine compared to a math, take a math problem, you had to multiply, say, 47 times 12. And you didn't have your memorization facts down, memorized. And for each step, you had to multiply. So you have 47 times 12. So I got to pull up my calculator and multiply 2 times 7, do each of those individually with my calculator. Not only does it get in the way, not only does it frustrate, but it it so takes away from the opportunity to to go on and do more. So it will be with reading the Greek New Testament. If you know your principal parts of certain vocabulary words or certain words, common words, you will be able to do so much more, be less frustrated and moving forward. So I think the other thing is we, we just don't know something until we have it memorized. When I was at Fort Wayne Seminary in the Contour we had to memorize particular music. Why? Because we really couldn't have our eyes up and be directed at that time contraresh, unless we weren't glued to the, if we were glued to the music, and had our eyes on every note. how could we How could we sing as a chorus? And so he said, "You know, let's memorize this." So memory really is the first step of knowing knowing something. And once you know something, then you can move on and think about what you know. You can speak about what you know, and you can have it ready for you when you write, when you debate. It is already in your mind. It's stuck there as as part of memory.
0: We're learning about classical Lutheran education today with the Reverend Stephen Kieser at Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment, right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. welcome back to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah Golseth. we are learning about classical lutheran education today with the reverend stephen kiesler he's headmaster at faith lutheran school in plano texas pastor you've done a nice job of helping us understand what are some of the the, the key marks or hallmarks of classical lutheran education uh, we touched on this a little bit ago that classical education has really started to grow. And I think more so in the last 10 years or so, maybe even more so in the last three to five years yeah. here in in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Why do you see classical education being such a, a fast-growing movement?
1: Well, it has been. Let me just comment. It's been a surprise to some of us that it has grown as it has grown. What I think we mean by... You know, is that there are more people participating, pursuing classical education and pursuing in Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod circles. So not only is it classical education growing outside of Lutheranism, I think it's growing within Christendom in America, but it's also especially significant that it's growing and uh, more people are involved in and the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The reason I say it's surprising, at the early conferences, and we go back, those, as you were mentioning, 10 years and, and back to 1999, even what became the first conference of what became the Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education, we had very few people there. I mean, relatively speaking, we had 30 to 40 people. And for a number of years, it seemed as though it was the same 30 40 people <laughs> gathering for a conference every year. The work of the consortium was very limited. It could be done by one or two people, volunteers. That has grown. What has grown with the work of the consortium? One of the things that has grown is just the number of inquiries for school accreditation. So we have, and forgive me, I don't know what the number is. ask, <laughs> Jackie Veith, Dr. Jackie Veith is our expert there, but that number is growing. The number of requests of schools in the Missouri Synod that want to be accredited through the Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education. They want to go through those, as you mentioned earlier, marks. They want to go through those marks and be evaluated according to the marks of a class school. We also have more teachers in general, individuals, more pastors as individuals. And we can't forget the home education movement. But while that has grown, I think also along with that, a growing movement has been the interest in classical education. And it's hard to say which came first, you know, were schools interested in classical education first or were home educators? I I think it sort of happened organically at about the same time where certain home educators in the LCMS were were looking at classical education as a, as a great way to, to educate. Also uh, in our schools from some of the early pioneers uh, within our schools, even prior to to 1999. When you ask the question why, that is a good one. And I, I think you could probably ask, as they say, you could ask five different people and you'll get 10 different answers. This is why I hope that it is growing. I hope that it is growing because more and more people are finding the great jewel and the great blessing of having a catechetical education partnered with the liberal arts. We'd like to think that more and more people in the Missouri Senate are thinking, "What is the best way to educate children in the Christian faith?" And it's a return to the to, to the Scriptures. It's a return to the Catechism, and it's a return to the historic worship of the Church. These have been the gifts of catechesis throughout the history of the Church. Even outside of the Missouri Synod, but also within, and the the, the work of the consortium is: meant. we look for schools and want schools to participate in the best things, and the best things are the Scriptures, the Catechism, and the hymnal. The, those are the best things. Also, the best education for the baptized, and I think more and more people are are doing as our forefathers did. So. History or, you know, classical education is interested in old ideas that were also good, but old ideas that were also good. And as we look back to our forefathers, we see them looking at education theologically, theologically, asking theological questions. And, you know, it's a, it's a theological question is how do, how do we educate the baptized? That's a theological question. What's the best way to do that? We see that question answered during the Reformation. We see it answered in after the Reformation. We see that being answered today. So as more people ask that question and they look at other alternatives in education today, they're ruling out other options as the best way to catechize and to educate the baptized today. I think that's why people are, are being drawn into a classical Lutheran education. If it is only a fad, and what I mean by a fad is, you know, something that everyone gets excited about. It's just rebelling against what everybody else is doing. We don't like what the world's doing, so we'll try this. Maybe it'll work. Then it will pass, and it'll be sad that that, that it passed. I don't think that classical education, by its very nature, is, is meant to be a fad. So it, it may come and go, but it is still, I think, the best education that stands the test of time in every generation. So maybe I misspoke. It was only it is certainly isn't only a fad, but among certain people, they 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 just participated for a little while and then they left. But but that's what I hope. As I meet these new faces that come to our conferences, we we can't accommodate everybody at our conferences anymore. We between children and adults, five hundred. And can't find a place that is at a church and we want to keep the reverence of worship that has a sanctuary or on a college or university campus can accommodate us. So we're trying to find other ways to accommodate people that might want to come to a conference, can't come to the big national conference. So we're, we're doing some local regional conferencing in addition to, to that.
0: Talking about catechesis and a really a focus on scripture and catechism really makes Lutheran classical education very distinctly Lutheran, and I think at least in in the circles that I run in, that is definitely something that has been a draw to this that that there is a a, a focus on that catechesis in education that that is so important for uh, young families these days. Do you have we're running short on time now? But do you have a a, a story, a success story of of something that has just been really great that has happened at Faith Plano.
1: Yes, I do. And I may apologize if I've told the story before uh, on this station, but uh, or, but we had a, a student a number of years ago who is now a, a college student who came to our school not knowing, not believing in Jesus Christ, not knowing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not being baptized. He may have had some ideas about Christianity but he certainly did not have faith in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When he, he was our valedictorian in high school, or in, in eighth grade and in high school, he, it was a delight to hear this one who not believed in Jesus to confess before his father and mother and all those who were gathered that he came to know Christ through the scriptures here at our school. He had to memorize the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, in sections of baptism confession absolution and the lord's supper he had to know those things and in knowing the text it, it was the lord's way opening his lips that he might declare jesus and so i think that was a great gift to him we still stay in touch to, today but there are other like, go on with other stories too As the first one that came to mind of how the, the, the beautiful order and giving the structure within the catechism really and the hymns of faith how they form faith and then also give to us a way to express that faith and so anyway there there's a there's one story for you.
0: Yeah. Well I know that there are many more stories that that make up the, the history of Faith Lutheran school in Plano and part of that story is the many people who, who collaborate and who partner with Faith Plano to, to keep it going strong as a, a a strong Lutheran, classical Lutheran school in your community. And that involves some events. You have an event coming up very soon. <laughs> Tell us about the upcoming golf tournament.
1: Right. So guess what? Classical Lutheran schools can have golf tournaments. Or it's <laughs> great. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of wonderful activities uh, that, like the golf tournament that is coming up uh, very soon as our 12th annual golf tournament it is a fundraiser. It will be held on Friday, the 13th of October here locally at the heritage ranch golf and country club. The, one of the nice things about this event is that it draws people from outside of our community. We have People who have either heard about us, either within the community, on the radio, or by word of mouth, come and, and golf with us to, to raise money. Those people who have donated to it. That One person this year that is not able to golf, but he's still making a, a donation, uh, who's not a member of a Missouri Synod congregation. So it's, it's a great way to partner with the community, people in the community that support Christian classical education, like my dentist, for instance, <laughs> he's not a Lutheran, but he listens to reads and listens to a lot of podcasts on classical education in general, and a very sincere Christian person who supports our golf tournament. Which is another point: there are opportunities for for people to sponsor business sponsorships, and those are still available if you wish to sponsor classical Lutheran education via. The golf tournament, we would invite your sponsorship. So
0: very good. How do we learn more about the, the golf tournament and opportunities to participate?
1: Yes. Well, you can reach out to Faith Lutheran School. Our person in charge of it, our public director of public relations is Amy Crawford. And you can reach her at a Crawford at FLSplano.org. A Crawford at or you can simply call us here at faith lutheran school 972-423-7448 and we'll put you in touch with amy
0: very good golfing to support classical lutheran education not just in texas but you can see how that ripples and, and mm. affects lutheran <laughs> classical lutheran education all across the all around the world really Well, Pastor Kieser, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing with us the great stories of classical Lutheran education at Faith Lutheran School in Plano. Thank you to both of you for hosting me today. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.